Are you looking for new books to read? Do you like finding a new special author? Are you tired of the same old books from the same old authors? Well then, welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where you can hear from fantastic new authors. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have worked hard to write great new books. Hear about their book and why you should check it out. So sit back and listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. All right, so this is, uh, this is a couple pages, and bear with me. Here we go. Page one. Fut. What sayest thou, thou naughty knave? I said, fut. There's a menacing reserve in his voice. Be that some untoward profanity? No, sir. A mild Midlands oath for faith or e'en so. Having forsworn much travel in his life too dangerous, he has no way of knowing what country idioms are beyond London's walls. Hence, the youth's employer lifts an eyebrow and harumphs. Reaching across the tavern table over stoops of beer, he snatches the foul papers piled between them on the table. Though the oeuvre has been read to him, the theatre owner scans the pages perfunctorily for a second time. Perturbed by the risk this play presents to person reputation alike, the cheeks of James Burbage twitches dangerously. I should fling you back into the streets for your disobedience. Have a care. You are my apprentice, my drudge, my menial, my non-entity who shovels horse dung afore my theater. Damn me for looking favorably on thee. And, his clenched hand waves the sheets, this is how you repay me? Master Burbage, I'm also your poet who, penning lines that will live eternally, will render you celebrated. I am your newest playwright. You are too bold. Your ambition overweens too much. Perhaps. But do not think I flatter when I say fame and your name will be interchangeable. Men will praise the name of Burbage everlasting for giving me a chance. And that shall stand proof against the sights of death and time, my good master. Boy, do not loose your purple language on me. I've heard it all before, and by your betters. You are no kid, nor Kit Marlowe. As though he were a lawyer at a trial, he holds up the ink-blotted papers he has just rifled. I tell thee, these words of thine will make the royal censor blush and prohibit our further performance. The censor? Edward Tilney? The boy frowns. His high forehead furrows. How say you by that? Instance! Instance! Conceive. As of this year, have we the crown's patronage, or have we lost it? Your loss, not mine, thinks the menial. We are still beloved. Strive not to confound my argument, rogue. Which company is Her Majesty's favorite? The Queen's men. Aye, boy. There you are in the right. The Queen, this past March, was mightily deceived by Master Secretary Walsingham, who, saving His Grace's pardon, 
stole the best of my players for the royal revels. God be praised, I still have Kemp, but I digress. Master Tilney alone may license a play. Uh, putting on his best face, the lad interrupts. He will revere mine and swear it has no equal. Burbage wraps the wooden table with the rolled-up manuscript so forcefully that the tankards totter and nearly spill. Who bade thee speak? Know your place. His balding head rears back. He glares. What false angel bade me employ an upstart wretch and entrust him with the writing of a play? Your lack of funds, Master Burbage, which have thrust the more established poets from trusting your credit. Why, you impertinent toad-eater, you meaningless nog, how dare you answer me thus? Forgoing his sweet transitory moment in the, sin, in the sun, the youth presses his palms together. Good sir, I meant no disrespect, but thought you had posed the question to me, and I was required to answer. You are the finest connoisseur of London theatre. He lowers his gaze and stares at the ground. It is an honor to stand in your shadow. I assure you, good sir, I never meant any disrespect. Burbage's eyes narrow, knowing he is being played for a fool. Yet, the boy is talented, and the difficulty is that the rascal is, at present, the only playwright who will work for him. Swallowing the insolence, James Burbage clears his throat. Sarah, there's much in here that will not stand. He grimaces as if the paper smelled of rancid piss. His cheek twitches again. If Tilney perceives aught that offends in this, we will lose all. You will have squandered your opportunity, and me, my money in this play of yours, this Prince Amleth. To what, good sir, do you refer? I meant this half-arse attempt at Seneca and his plots of revenge, <laughs> with a ghost, no less. The hapless poet regards the theater impresario as if his employer seeks to desecrate a religious shrine. Nay, Master Burbage, the language is lofty, the arguments sententious, and the plot exquisite. It shall surpass. Again in the right. Burbage feigns concession. The lad brightens. It shall surpass. It shall pass gas and be weighed as a fart, have being lowly in language, sentimental in feeling, and having a plot that is excrement. If you do not improve on this before the week is done, I swear I will sue you for breach of contract and abjure you from ever scribbling in London again. And so farewell your dreams of being a poet. And your fame, noble sir, will be unborn an unseen meteor, a nomination that loses the hope of prosperity. Burbage shakes his head at being interrupted and at the flattery, but inwardly admits that the boy is not without spirit. Your Richie Varlet, were you born impertinent, or have the whores and the godless players corrupted you? I meant no harm. I ask only that you show me what Needs correcting. Then listen. What name have you christened the king's counselor? Carambus. 
a character as like the Lord Treasurer, Lord Burley, Braze Burbage, thrusting two index fingers into the boy's face, as these my two fingers. I wanted to inject political tragicomedy, social commentary, if you will, to give the Lordlings satiric understanding and the Groundlings comics, comic sport. Comic sport, call you in. I'm not a scholar, but my Latin is enough to tell me that carambus means cabbage. Do you call the Lord Treasurer, the Honorable Burley of Her Majesty's Privy Council, a cabbage? No, Master. The nearest translation is reheated cabbage, good sir. Do not mock me, boy, or by heaven I shall have thy thumbs broken. Consider scratching out words... Consider scratching out words with such a disability. Speak thus again, and thou had best look to it. The fledgling dramatist is chastened. The Lord of the Revels, Master Tilney, Burbage inflects sharply, will not allow such a slander to shame the Queen's chief counselor. So, rechristen the good man and forego your sportiveness and your social significance. And this, above all, temper your anger against the character of the king. Give him a speech or two to justify his acts. We cannot show royalty to be utterly contemptible, or we shall all be hanged. I cry you mercy if I have offended. I will mend what needs mending. My ignorance will learn more from your tutelage, and I will repay you for whatever villainy I've done with current repentance and future magnificence. Do so, or this, Burbage chucks it across the table at the boy, shall be your last, William Shakespeare. Pages flutter about the eviscerated wretch. That's the first chapter of the book. Nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's not, I definitely feel the, the play aspects. I mean, it feels play ish like a, like, you know, a stage play. It is that, uh, it, uh, it is, uh, it is also because it's the first chapter. It's the introduction to the period, to the language, to, uh, the characters. We, it's a reveal at the very end of the chapter that it's William Shakespeare. Um, and it is, and it is, as I said, it's a 17, well, I didn't say 17, but it's a, it's actually a 16, a 16 year old Shakespeare, uh, trying to break into theater. Nice. So young Shakespeare, <laughs> young Shakespeare. And, and as I said, the book is about how does this boy from Stratford upon Avon, a very small town in, in, uh, in, uh, Warwickshire, Warwickshire, how does he become the English literature's master? How does that happen? And, and, um, um, there are things that did affect Shakespeare, all historically correct. And I'm weaving those threads together to try to somehow begin, begin to answer that question. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to have to definitely uh, move that up on my to, to read list. I haven't gotten to it yet, uh, but now I'm intrigued. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you.